Welcome to episode two of Christmas, the Nativity of Our Lord, the concluding episode in the series. I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The opening and closing theme music for this series is an arrangement of the famous carol It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, written by Edward Hamilton Sears in 1846 A.D. and arranged to the tune Carol, composed by Richard Storrs Willis in 1850 A.D. In Episode 2, the series concludes with discussion of the Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings for First Sunday After Christmas Day, and second Sunday after Christmas Day, the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, and music for Christmas from the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. The program includes icons, illuminations, frescoes, murals, and paintings from the 10th through the early 20th century. Previously, in Episode 1, the focus was on the evolution of the Christmas tradition, Anglican traditions of Christmas, and discussion of the two sets of collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Christmas Day, and the Christmas proper preface and related canticles for both morning prayer and evening prayer. The collect for first Sunday after Christmas Day is the same collect as the one printed first for Christmas Day, which is an Archbishop Cranmer composition introduced with the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect for First Sunday after Christmas Day has nothing in common with the Collects in the Roman Missals in use before the creation of the Church of England. One cannot help but wonder, given the fact of busy holiday schedules at Christmastide, whether the revisers of the 1928 Book of Common Prayer repeated the Christmas Day Collect for the purpose of improving its chances of being heard at least once during Christmastide. The illustration is the same illumination of the Nativity and Annunciation to the Shepherds that I used in Episode 1 for Christmas Day. As noted in Episode 1, the Collect was inspired by John 1, verse 9, and 1 John 1, verses 5, 7, and 9. Almighty God, who hast given us thy only begotten Son to take our nature upon him, and asked at this time to be born of a pure virgin, 
Grant that we, being regenerate and made thy children by adoption and grace, may daily be renewed by thy Holy Spirit, through the same our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee, and the same Spirit ever, one God, world without end. Amen. The Epistle reading for First Sunday after Christmas Day Galatians 4 verses 1 to 7 is a highly spiritual-minded theological essay by St. Paul on the spiritual concept of sonship. He first emphasizes the obligation of children toward their properly appointed guardians, that is a rather backhanded reference to the old law, until their maturity, which is the meaning of his phrase, the fullness of the time had come, in verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. He elaborates further that sonship is received by the faithful through the presence of the, quote, spirit of his Son, in verse 6, in the hearts of a joyful faithful who then cry out, Abba, Father. He concludes logically with this pericope that is a foundation stone of Christian doctrine. These are verses 4 and 5. Therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The illustration is an 11th century mosaic of St. Paul at Korah Church, or Church of the Holy Savior, Istanbul, formerly Constantinople, capital of the Byzantine Empire. The Gospel reading for first Sunday after Christmas Day is Matthew 1, 18-25, St. Matthew's version of the Nativity story. St. Matthew begins with his straightforward declaration in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. The illustration is a last quarter 15th century Russian Orthodox illumination in colored inks and gilt on German watermarked paper attributed to the monk and scribe Michael Medovartsev from manuscript Egerton 3045, folio 10V, at the British Library in London, England. Here the Annunciation, spoken by an unnamed, quote, angel of the Lord, unquote, in a dream, is to Joseph rather than to the Blessed Virgin, as in St. Luke's nativity narrative. His approach is consistent with his genealogy of Jesus in chapter 1, which traces the heritage of Jesus mostly through the male line of Jewish kings. In the NKJV text, the name Jesus is shown in the prayer book text in small caps, consistent with other references to titles of God, such as Lord. Here, the reading text is the NKJV translation of verses 18 to 21. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. 
and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. One of the consistent themes of the Gospel of St. Matthew is the birth, life, and death of Jesus as fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. In verses 22 and 23, the prophet is Isaiah, and the quotation is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. So this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. The illustration is an 11th century mosaic of the Emmanuel prophecy at the Neomoni Monastery on the Greek island of Chios. The NKJV text uses an I for Emmanuel, but traditional Anglican spelling is with an E, as in the 12th century Latin hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. As I note in the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, which I will discuss in more detail later in this episode, on the fifth day of Christmas, December 29th, Joseph, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, was obedient to the will of God. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The illustration is the Adoration of the Shepherds, an oil-on-panel nativity scene by the German artist Martin Schongauer, painted in the Alsace region on the border between France and Germany between 1475 and 1480 AD, and now in the collection of the Gemelda Gallery in Berlin, Germany. The Collect for Second Sunday After Christmas Day was written for the 1928 Book of Common Prayer based on a Collect in the Second Mass for Christmas in the Gregorian Sacramentary. It returns to St. John's theme of Christmas as the new light of men from the Gospel reading for Christmas Day and the spiritual concept of taking the teachings of the Church into the heart through the action of the Holy Spirit. Second Sunday after Christmas Day is not an annual event every year and can occur only when Sunday falls on January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, or 5th. For example, looking forward the next four years after this writing in 2021 A.D., Second Sunday after Christmas Day will not be celebrated in 2025 A.D. Almighty God, who has poured upon us the new light of thine incarnate word, grant that the same light enkindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The illustration is a Bulgarian Orthodox icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary with the Holy Child, painted by Dicho Kroschev at the Church of St. Peter and St. Paul in Kula, Bulgaria, painted in 1863 A.D. The epistle reading for Second Sunday after Christmas Day is not an epistle at all, but a for-the-epistle reading from Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, and is used only in the American 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The verses are the opening lines to the lectionary reading for evening prayer at Epiphany, January 6th. 
Jesus himself spoke two of these three lines as a summary of his mission of salvation in an address at a synagogue in Nazareth at the start of his public ministry and recounted in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Here I read from the Book of Common Prayer King James text. Given the text of Isaiah, Jesus opened to Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 and read from it. The prayer book version uses the entire text of Isaiah 61, 1, 2, and 3, which I read here with verse 3 presented in shortened form. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And then farther on, trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. The illustration is an illumination in colored inks and gold on parchment from the Siegberg Lectionary, made at the Benedictine Abbey of St. Michael, Siegberg, Germany, in the second quarter of the 12th century and now in the collection of the British Library, London, England. The Gospel reading for second Sunday after Christmas Day is Matthew 2, 19-23, the story of the Holy Family's flight back from exile in Egypt to avoid Herod's wrath. Again, St. Joseph receives an angelic message in a dream, this time advising him to return with the Holy Family to Israel. The pericope is presented in two parts. The first, verses 20 and 21, is the return. Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Joseph, fearful of the wrath of Herod's son and heir, Archelaus, went instead first into Galilee and finally to their home at Nazareth. The second half of the pericope, verse 23, includes another prophecy. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, He shall be called a Nazarene. Scholars disagree sharply over whether the prophetic reference is based on Isaiah 11 verse 1, which is in reference to the line of Jesse, or on Judges 13 verse 7, which is in reference to a branch from the Hebrew N-A-Z-I-R, Nazir. The first illustration was the Holy Family's flight into Egypt, also the result of the warning in a dream in Matthew 2, 13 and 14. The second illustration is their return to Israel from the circa 1930-31 AD Nativity Mural at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, as it was used in the AIC bookstore publication Paintings on Light, the stained glass windows of St. Joseph's Villa Chapel. Another ancient Christian tradition often ignored in the modern world, especially in the United States, is the 12 days of Christmas, a period beginning on December 25th and ending on January 5th, the eve of Epiphany, also known as Twelfth Night. 
The tradition, which has nothing to do with the poem and song of the same name, evolved from around the 7th century and was very popular in England from the 15th through the 19th century. The popularity of this tradition in England was never transferred, either in religious or civil culture, to the United States. Before my retirement from pulpit ministry, seeing a need for a revival of the Twelve Days of Christmas tradition as an antidote to the rampant secularization and commercialization of Christmas, I created a series of videos which integrated key theological words into the Twelve-Day cycle, which also includes the four feast days that fall between Christmas and Epiphany. On the first day of Christmas, January 25th, the key word is love, from the Greek agape. On the second day of Christmas, December 26th, the Feast of St. Stephen, the key word is forgiveness. On the third day of Christmas, December 27th, the Feast of St. John the Evangelist, the key word is peace. On the fourth day of Christmas, December 28th, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, the key word is compassion. On the fifth day of Christmas, December 29th, the key word is obedience. On the sixth day of Christmas, December 30th, the key word is joy, from the Latin gaudere. On the seventh day of Christmas, December 21st, the key word is family. On the eighth day of Christmas, New Year's Day, January 1st, the Feast of the Circumcision of Our Lord, the key word is church, which comes from the Greek ecclesia. On the ninth day of Christmas, January 2nd, the key word is angels. On the tenth day of Christmas, January 3rd, the key word is commandments. On the eleventh day of Christmas, January 4th, the key words are glorifying God. And finally, on the twelfth day of Christmas, Epiphany Eve, or twelfth night in the Old English tradition, the key words are grace and faith. The 12 Days of Christmas seasonal video series includes a traditional carol for each of the 12 days. The videos are linked from the digital library page with the podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The title illustration is a 12th century fresco, The Adoration of the Magi, in the once predominantly Christian region of Cappadocia in Asia Minor. The AIC bookstore publication, The St. Chrysostom Hymnal, includes 14 hymns or carols, which are either not in the venerable 1940 hymnal or are arranged to a different tune. They are drawn from many Christian denominations. Each is set to an easily sung tune familiar to most Anglicans. These include hymn number 14, Listen to These Happy Voices, written by Matthias Loy in 1888 A.D., which I have arranged to the tune Neander. Hymn number 15, The Happy Christmas Comes Once More, written by Nicholas F.S. Grundtvig, in 1810 A.D., using the C.P. Grouth translation of 1868 A.D. and arranged to the tune Dies Tuorum Militum. 
Hymn number 17, Emmanuel, We Sing Thy Praise, written by Paul Gerhardt in 1853 A.D. and using another Catherine Winkworth translation arranged to the long-meter version of Pur Nobis Nascitur. Hymn number 18, Let All the Earth Praise the Lord, written by Heinrich Held in 1658 A.D., and here using a Catherine Winkworth translation and set to the tune Monkland. Hymn number 20, Behold the Grace Appears, written by Isaac Watts from his Hymns and Spiritual Songs, published between 1707 and 1709 A.D., and arranged to the tune Festal Song. Hymn number 22, Good News from Heaven the Angels Bring written in 1535 A.D. by Martin Luther as a Christmas gift for his children using a translation by A.T. Russell of 1838 A.D. and a verse translated by Catherine Winkworth in 1858 A.D. and arranged to Pur Nobis I used a choral version of this song in one of my earliest AIC seasonal videos. Hymn number 23, The God Whom Earth and Sea and Sky, a late 6th, early 7th century Latin hymn attributed to Venatius Fortunatus and arranged to Pur Nobis Nascitur using a translation by the eminent John Mason Neal from his groundbreaking work Hymnal Noted, published in London in 1851 A.D., Hymn number 24, Hark, What Mean These Holy Voices, written by John K. Wood in 1819 A.D. and arranged to Sicilian Mariners. Hymn number 25, Sing, O Sing, This Blessed Morn, written by Christopher Wordsworth in 1862 and arranged to the English tune Dix. Hymn 29, Bright and Joyful is the Morn, written by James Montgomery in 1825 A.D. and arranged to the easily sung Monkland. Hymn 32, Hail, All Hail, the Joyful Morn, written by Harriet Auber in 1829 A.D. and arranged in the hymnal to the simple tune Innocence. Hymn number 35, Hosanna to the Royal Son, another composition by Isaac Watts, this one written in 1716 A.D. and set to the tune Beatitudo. For hymn 37, I arranged Joseph Simpson Cook's 1919 A.D. composition Gentle Mary Laid Her Head to a simpler tune, Tempus Adest Floridum. Hymn number 38 is Isaac Watts' classic song, not actually intended as Christmas music, but which by acclamation has become a seasonal classic, Joy to the World, which he wrote in 1719 A.D., and in the hymnal I set it to the familiar tune used by most denominations, Antioch. Hymn number 39, Rejoice, Rejoice, Ye Christians, an anonymous German hymn written in the 17th century and translated by the eminent Catherine Winkworth in the mid-19th century and arranged to the familiar tune Aurelia. And finally, 
Hymn number 44, All Praise to Thee, Eternal Lord, a 1524 composition by Martin Luther, arranged to the long-meter tune, Winchester New. You can learn more about pricing and the availability of Kindle editions and ordering using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Other AIC resources relative to topics and persons mentioned in this episode include our Christian education video series, The Lives of the Saints, paired in two series from the first series, focused on the 18 saints in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. St. Stephen is discussed in Episode 3, St. John in Episode 4, St. Paul in Episode 5, St. Matthew in Episode 14, and St. Luke in Episode 15. In The War on Christianity, Reasons for and the Timing of the Loss of the Christian Majority in the Holy Land and Asia Minor is discussed with rich illustrations in Episode 5. In the AIC Bible Study video series, The New Testament Gospels, from the Gospel of St. Matthew, St. Matthew's account of the genealogy of Jesus and his life as fulfillment of prophecy is discussed in Episode 2 and Episode 3. From the Gospel of St. John, St. John's prelude on the theme of Jesus bringing light into the darkness of the world is discussed in episode 27, and Jesus' I Am Declaration, I Am the Light of the World, in episode 31, carried over into episode 32. From the Gospel of St. Luke, the Annunciation is discussed in episode 13, and the Nativity account in episode 14. Episodes in Christian Education and Seasonal Video Series are linked from the Digital Library page. Episodes in Bible Study Series are linked from the Bible Study New Testament pages. Podcast versions of all three are linked from the Podcast Archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, in the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, presented in 262 pages, with 111 illustrations, the return of the Holy Family from Egypt to Galilee is discussed and illustrated in Chapter 1. In Layman's Lexicon, words and phrases of interest are Abba, Angels slash Archangels, Annunciation, Church, Circumcision, Commandments, Father, Light, Lord, Love slash Loving, prophet slash prophecy, and word. In Christian spirituality and Anglican perspective, the concept of taking the teachings of the church into one's heart, specifically the commandments, but more generally the teachings of the church, is discussed in detail on pages 8 to 13. In the writing prophets of the Old Testament, you'll find material on the Emmanuel prophecy found in Isaiah, other prophecies and the major themes and selected quotations from the book of Isaiah are the subject of part 3, chapter 1, pages 13 to 20, with a special text box on page 16, Isaiah in Christian Liturgy, which includes, among others, the Sanctus Prayer and Holy Communion. Information about all our AIC bookstore publications can be found by using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. 
or directly using my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Please note that everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. Finally, other AIC resources include Father Ron's blog, a page in which I post new information, usually weekly, generally including at least one graphic from our archive of historic church art from both the Western and Eastern church traditions. You can reach the page by clicking the Father Ron's blog tab from the site menu at the top or bottom of the page, or you can enter the direct URL address http colon right slash right slash www.anglicaninternetchurch.net right slash blog with blog in all lowercase letters. Once on the blog page, I invite you to become a follower by clicking the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend. You'll be asked to enter your email address to receive notice of each new posting from our site host, wordpress.com. Thank you for joining me for Episode 2, In Christmas and Nativity of Our Lord, the final episode in the series. This series is part of our collection of teaching videos on each of the seasons in the church calendar arranged in calendar order beginning with Advent and ending with Trinity and accessible using the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.